Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 206. My name's Adam Patterson. Joining me today, we got Kevin Rakestraw. How you doing? Hi. <laughs> doing fine. I like that. Hi. Hello. How are you? Well, I'm doing pretty good if you're actually asking. Yeah. But I'm not sure if you were. No, I was. Oh, good. Okay. I'm doing pretty well. Fantastic. This week on the show, we'll be talking about Terrence Malick's latest, Knight of Cups. But first, we'll be speaking with Jimmy Custis and Timothy Morton of Jimothy and talking about their new film, New Cops, that's available on NoBudge.com right now for free. And we'll also be talking about some of what we've been watching on the watch list, movie predictions, new on video on demand, Blu-ray releases. Let's start things off with some news. Oh, let's get into news. We're going to do some news, then we're going to hop into our interview, and then we're going to do a review. Oh, we got so much. We're all over the place. we got too much going on. Can't stop us. <laughs> Can't stop, won't stop. I love how we quite frequently make a reference to an MC Hammer song that certainly no one <laughs> will ever get. Ever. <laughs> Yes. I don't even remember the name of the song. It's called, is it called like, it's called like USA Ain't No Stopping Us or something like that. Something like that. that. (laughs) Look it up on YouTube. It's amazing. (laughs) Oscars. Oscar time. Oh. Yeah, so the Oscars happened uh, last week. We, we recorded last week's show before, before the winners were announced, before the uh, ceremony, so... We're going to follow up this week and uh, just talk about uh, some of the some results some here. Some of the old Oscar results there, huh? Yeah, so best, best Picture went to Spotlight. Ooh. I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, interestingly, Fury Road got the most. It won like everything. It got... All the, uh, all, all the technical stuff. Yeah, all which, the technical which stuff, basically. you would basically. think would amount to... You made the something best, else like you, directing. It, well, or, you would think that it would be best film if every aspect of the film, right, is the best. You would think that if you put all those things together, that that would mean best picture. Yeah, but that's that's not how this shit works. <laughs> that's right, because it wasn't so, it wasn't a bunch of white people doing important things. Yeah, exactly. It was it was a genre film, so immediately that I mean, it was good enough that they recognized it. But it wasn't good enough for them to be like, well, we should actually give this an award. No. Yeah. Uh, it did win sound editing, sound mixing, production design, makeup, costume design, and editing. Ooh. Yeah. But it did not win Best Picture or Best Director. So, Inuritu won for The Revenant. That's uh, Best Director. Two years in a row. Mm. And he won Best Director. Wow. Yeah, he won last year for Birdman. So, that's kind of interesting. Let's stop. I, I think I, I think that I'm not I'm a perfectly fine with him winning for the revenant. Yeah, I guess so. Best actress went to Brie Larson for Room. Best actor Leo. Oh my god! Finally Leo. winning oh god. one. Uh, he finally won one. Oh boy. Guys, the curse has been broken. Leo wins an Oscar for the revenant. Thank goodness. Now we never have to talk about it ever again. I know. Now now we're done with it. We can put that whole thing to re- to bed. Uh, supporting actress went to Alicia Vikander for The Danish Girl. Supporting actor went to Mark Rylance for Bridges Spies. Which I saw. I saw this Oh, really? Oh, okay. Talk about that a little bit. Which I, uh, I'll just say it. I don't, I'm kind of surprised by that one. 
he doesn't do that much in the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. He's, I was, you know, it's kind of excited. It's like, oh, I can't wait to see this performance. He's the, he's the, the, the Russian spy that gets captured on our side, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. With an odd accent and he doesn't say Mm. much. He's very low key. Just a low key guy. All right. Uh, best original screenplay went to Spotlight. Adapted screenplay went to The Big Short. Animated went to Inside Out, of course. Of course. Obviously. I think it should have either went to Anomalisa or Boy in the World, but whatever. Uh, when Pixar is involved, it automatically wins. Mm-hmm. I don't even... Inside Out wasn't even that good. I don't get it. I just don't get it. It's the Oscars. I don't know why I always get so heated over the animated ones, but I do. I'm like... It's the Oscars. Forget about it. Foreign language went to Son of Saul. From everything I heard, I have not seen that, but I, from everything I heard, it's deserving of, of the win. Documentary went to Amy. Original score, Hateful Eight. Original song, The Spectre One, which I, I totally do not get that at all. And I know that the whole, like, music's very subjective, but I think a lot of people did not like that Spectre this, song. This is like, it's the most boring song I've ever heard. Yeah, it just puts you to sleep. Oh, my God. I mean, it, it literally put me to sleep. In fact, <laughs> I slept through most of that movie. Uh, best sound editing went to... Oh, we already went over that. Uh, Mad Max wins everything. Cinematography did go to The Revenant, though. Which, again, I'm actually kind of cool um, with. Yeah, I'm good with that. Uh, what else did it... Uh, visual effects. I went to Ex Machina. I agree I agree with that, too. The visual effects in that movie were pretty pretty awesome. They were quite good. Animated short film went to Bear Story. That there's there's one that Pixar didn't win. Face Pixar. Suck it, Pixar. Live action short film went to Stutterer. Okay. And and uh, short subject documentary went to A Girl in the River: The Price of Forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's your Oscars. Pretty boring. I didn't. I did not watch them on TV. I saw a little bit actually, which was weird. Was it awesome? No, it was it was awful. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yep. you know what? I kind of I kind of lied. I did watch the opening monologue, Chris Rock's. I just wanted to watch that, and uh, then I turned it off. Yeah, which that was weird. It was a weird monologue type deal. Yeah. Just making yeah, making fun of people that aren't there for some reason, like Jada Pinkett Smith. Like, well, what was that all about? You know, because she, like, really came out and was super against the Oscars. Whatever. Yeah, I don't get it. Let's, let's, let's just put that behind us. Um, the <clears throat> 2016 Tribeca Film Festival competition and viewpoints lineups were announced. So, this week, the U.S. Narrative Competition, the World Documentary Competition, the International Competition, and then the uh, viewpoints, which is that those are out of competition but uh, all of those were announced. Oh boy! This week. Now we still have a few more programs. The like the midnight, the midnight program that needs to be announced yet, and that's going to happen this week. But a uh, couple. I don't know if you had a chance to look at all of these, but there's there's some interesting stuff on the lineup this year. I think I saw some. I forget what. I think the. God damn it! Let me look it up now. What was the? The, 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 oh my god, I can't remember her name. Sophie, Sophia, was it Tikal? Tikal? Yeah, she has a new movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's called Always Shine. That's exciting. 
And it's written by Lawrence Michael Levine. Yeah, that's the only thing that kind of worries me, that it's, you know, one of those female two-handers written by a man, psychological drama, resentments. Uh, we haven't seen that before yet. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what how, how it goes. I'm worried. I'm... And he's in it, too? I wonder if he's going to keep the streak of, like, two women fighting over him. Because <laughs> every single know. movie he's in is two women fighting over him. We'll see. Dimitri Martin has a movie out? Yeah, dude. Yeah, uh, so he has a movie called Dean. That's his uh, directorial debut. I'm interested in the the opening night film Kicks. Kick. Sounds uh, wait, sounds like it's right up my alley. What's that? Didn't we already see a movie called Kicks? No, we saw a movie called Licks. Ah, okay. <laughs> yes, we saw Licks. This is Kicks. What's Kicks about? So Kicks is uh, about. Uh, well, I have it right here. It says, when this when his hard-earned kicks get snatched by a local hood, 15-year-old Brandon and his two best friends go on an ill-advised mission across the Bay Area to retrieve the stolen sneakers. Okay. Featuring a soundtrack packed with hip-hop classics, Justin Tipping's debut feature is an urban coming-of-age tale told with grit, humor, and surprising lyricism. Oh, that's right up your alley. Yeah. <laughs> that is so your alley. It certainly is. <laughs> so pretty pretty excited about that. I mean they, they obviously they have high hopes for it if it's the opening night film. Yeah. So yeah. there's also uh uh High Rise is gonna be screening, so finally get to see that. Pretty excited for that. Yeah. Live cargo looks interesting. Got Keith Stanfield in a lead role alongside Drew Hemingway. That looks interesting. It needs to be more Keith Stanfield. Yeah, there's gonna be uh, it's gonna be some good stuff. I I need to go through the whole list, and I'll, I will be attending oh, that this year. So there's also a new uh, Nathan Silver and Mike Ott movie out. Hmm. That looks good. I think that's playing Tribeca. Maybe not. I don't know, but whatever. See that. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. I mean, I try to. I'm gonna try to go see as much as I can. Get him in. Usual. Get him in. Well, the cool the cool thing about Tribeca, the way that they do their their press schedules, is that it's very easy to see a lot of stuff. They they do things in a very organized way. Like everything is in one theater. Um, it's in a regal, and they the way that they do the schedules is that they have multiple screenings. So like even if you're in conflict with one, where like two two are playing at the same time, it'll play again, so you'll have another shot to see it. So. You can pretty much see everything you want to. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so I'm, it's it's really cool. I mean, I'm assuming that they're going to do it this year the way they did it last year. So anyway, keep an eye out for our coverage of that beginning uh, in April. Oh, why do I forget? It's April 13th. Ooh. Yeah, so keep an, keep an eye out. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention in the news section is the trailer for Ghostbusters came out. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Did you see this? I did actually did the watch the trailer, yeah. Um, What'd you think? I just need Kate McKinnon's character, just like for the entire movie, and that's fine. Just let her do her thing. I noticed a lot of people, or at least from what I saw like in my various Twitter feeds and stuff, people not liking it. People People aren't liking the trailer. What they're seeing in the trailer. <laughs> to me, it, it seemed fine. Like, it made me laugh. It's, it seems like it's going to be a good time. Yeah. And I'm a, I mean, I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan. I was obsessed with the Ghostbusters as a kid. And I think that 
maybe people are putting like they they're holding this one a little too close to the chest maybe like they're they have to realize that it's not gonna be the same like it's just not gonna be the same no not at all might even be better you don't even know because you didn't even watch the damn thing yet it's a trailer for god's sake yeah i mean it's a two to three minute snippet of what this movie is and I'm sure before it comes out, we're going to see plenty more trailers, and I think it'll be fine. I think it's going to be fine. I think that's the only I, thing that's going to going to be kind of difficult to handle is you know all the trailers coming out, and you, I'm just worried that they might drive it into the ground before it even. I'm a little concerned, <clears throat> but pr- probably what I'm going to do is just not watch any more. I know. Yeah, you're just going to have to go into into blackout mode. Yeah, and just trying yeah. to ignore everything, but it's going to be difficult because, for whatever reason, it seems like on you know on Twitter certain things they just get really into like they Man. just pick like certain trailers and it's like all they talk about. Speaking of which, I was so bummed out. I w- I was on a complete blackout on Green Room. Yeah, and I I even posted the trailer on the site and did not watch it. Like I've been completely complete blackout on that. And I went to go see a movie. I can't even remember what movie I saw. But it played the Green Room trailer. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this? That was in front of The Witch, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. And I, and that was such a bummer. I was like, oh, man. You didn't, and you know, like, why didn't you close your eyes and put your fingers in your ear and just start yelling? Nah, well, come on. That's... <laughs> just talk I mean, I'm not that. I'm not that weird about it. But it, it, that was still unfortunate. Anyway. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our interview. I haven't done an interview in a while. Been it's been quite some time. But we're bringing it. We're bringing it back. I don't. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, like maybe. Yeah. I yeah. Know. I don't want to say for sure, but but we're dabbling. We'll we'll see. Like I tend to only do interviews with people that I'm actually like interested in talking about whatever movie it is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So so it's always hard because. I'm you're not pretty selective so about you're it. You're not interested in things. Is that what you're saying? Mm, it's not that, but I, I like. I have to really be interested. Like I, I really like. Let's, have to let's, have the desire to engage. Well, let's say if you had the opportunity, like earlier this week, they're like, "Would you like to interview Terrence Malick?" He's requested no, that I, he'll I don't come out so. and he'll do your show. I don't think so. I wouldn't either. I don't want to talk to him. Yeah, I don't. I just, I just don't think so. I don't. I don't think that I would have anything meaningful to ask him at this point. <laughs> so, all right, let's go ahead and jump into this interview. We spoke with Jimmy Custis and Timothy Morton of Jimothy Studios and had to talk about their new film, New Cops, which is available right now on NoBudge.com. Let's take a listen. Jimmy Custis, Timothy Morton, thank you so much for coming on the show. I just wanted to start off with some intro intro questions here. So, who is Jimmy Custis? We'll start with you. Tell the tell the listeners who you are, what you do. Um, well, I was a cartoonist for a while, then I stopped doing that, and then I teamed up with Tim when he came back from Memphis and uh when we came to Louisville, we started doing some movie stuff. And it took us about six years to do New Cops, which is this uh, no-budget comedy um, sort of experimental film uh, on nobudge.com. And uh, it's uh, not much to tell for me, Tim. 
Uh, yeah, I'm just an independent filmmaker, DIY, I like the guerrilla style, do-it-yourself sort of filmmaking, and I've been lucky enough to work on some higher budget films that have, like Men Go to Battle that premiered in, uh, at the Tribeca Film Festival, but I like to, uh, I like to stay busy and make, make stuff, make movies. Yeah, I noticed on your website, it looks like you're kind of uh, like a jack-of-all-trades. You, you seem to have your hands in all kinds of stuff like you it looks like you play a whole bunch of instruments and you're into like stained glass and you you have do you still have uh, a, no, a normal day job as well yeah i work full-time uh, in the louisville olmstead parks conservancy which is a non-profit organization that um that is uh, has a small small crew but we work in 18 of our like 100 some odd parks um so kind of a, I'm actually do a lot of uh, ecological restoration work. Yeah, he cuts down yeah. trees. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I want to talk about uh, New Cops because this is this is a film that was re- recently released on NoBodge.com. Any of you listening can check it out. Kevin, you talked about it a few weeks back. I'm going to talk about it later later on on, on this episode because I just saw it this week. Uh, so this show this movie was originally released as webisodes right over over like a period of time yeah and that was more i think our decision to do that was kind of so that we could had an excuse to um post about something on a weekly basis and have new material and so i think what ended up happening was our friend group on facebook was able to sort of catch on to it and it and it grew a little bit of a life of its own so then when we released all the webisodes um, when we glued them together into uh, the 55-minute feature, you know, like short featurette that it is, um, it kind of already had a little bit of a cult following. Yeah, and it was Tim's idea that we just have a behind-the-scenes that is about as long as the episode itself, like HBO shows at the end of Game of Thrones and stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it lit a fire under our ass to get the ending done. We had the movie done, but... um, Tim really went out and shot some things uh, by himself. Like we, we David went to Virginia, who plays Flaherty in the movie, and so the plot sort of took on a uh, a track that didn't involve David anymore. And so we just incorporated that footage in there as a dream. And then the new cop scenes were really part of the movie. And then we s- sort of decided it would be a TV show. Maybe if we could just step back one second and. Let's talk about what New Cops is. For people who aren't familiar with the film or the web series, maybe you guys could just describe a, a brief overview of New Cops. Yeah, uh, New Cops is a, uh, it's kind of like a weekend in the life of a, a, a young man who um, is struggling to make money, he, uh, and he's also struggling to get in contact with his girlfriend. And I think both of those are sort of like the white whale, uh, the the thing that he can't quite get. But uh, his he has a uh, a friend that um, needs to needs to needs a place to stay for the weekend, and he kind of helps him uh, discover a uh, sort of alternate ways of making money. And it's it's kind of a dry uh, dry com- comedic approach to the whole situation. Also uh, with plenty of surreal dream sequences and sort of distractions 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was actually going to be the next thing that I asked about. So uh, there, are, there are a lot of kind of surreal moments in this movie where he, he, the main character, sort of drifts in and out of this sleep state where he's having these kind of dreams and fantasies and nightmares. What made you decide to incorporate those things into the the film and web series? Uh, well, honestly, what... The, those dream sequences were the movie originally when we started filming this, uh, and that was the direction I wanted to go. But then I found that it would be too difficult. It was too big of a world to continue filming with kind of like with the budget constraints that we had, and and just like access to actors and thing and whatnot. So we sort of I at a certain point I realized that stuff is really good material. It's hard to it's too hard to build off of all that stuff. Uh, as as it is already, but it was already shot. So how do I incorporate this into a project? And so that's I, why the corollaries came into place, where we would have like he's cutting a tomato with a knife, and then there's a video game where he's getting, you know, there's a knife involved, and um, all sorts of like dialogue that takes place in the dream world and also the real world. Um, and really, you could look at it as if you want to watch it a certain way, you could watch it as that. The president is dreaming of being this regular guy. Mm-hmm. That's that's one that's that's one person's interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you guys? You guys said that you shot this over a six-year period of time. I think maybe even eight, because we were we were we started filming before Obama was elected. I think this wow. like at least one scene, and and uh, you know I'm proud to say that it was. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not proud to say that it took that long because you know what the the finished result is not like I'm I'm hoping is not going to be like noticeable my, my magnum opus by any means. But um, I, I wanted it was kind of a project in 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 completing you know it was like a, a practice in completing a project. I'm happy with it though. I, I actually I still stand by it. I'm not trying to downplay downplay it, but I think my my process was just so nonlinear that uh, the the film is unique for that reason and and that's something that i'm actually happy about yeah we don't age that hard as adults so we don't age like boyhood or anything but uh i'm losing and dropping weight all over the place tim's got his beard and not got his beard everywhere yeah (laughs) it's just kind of yeah yeah i noticed there were a lot of uh interesting continuity things happening in that movie oh yeah i mean the i think the even the time of year is changing so like there'll be leaves on the trees and then it will be like you'll see a christmas tree in the background and then you'll see like you know it just looks like spring and then it looks like summer and then it looks like winter again so that kind of happened well see all of that worked for me though like i i liked that that the fact that those things were noticeable because it added to kind of just the uh, almost absurdist quality yeah to everything that was happening <laughs> well, I'm so that, I'm, I'm glad that that was your reaction to it i'm, I'm I, I hope that that's the people who are going to like it are going to like it for that reason, I think. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about the the fake show, the new cops show that's within the the show slash movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, what, it's what's pretty going, meta. What, I know. What's going on with that show? Uh, that was uh, that was also the, the original movie. Uh, I mean that that was the movie that we were trying to make, and then when we gave up on that, we decided we'll just make it a TV show. <laughs> So we started incorporating it in that way. I think yeah. there's three new cops clips we used, and uh, we put one of them online, 
Tim might want to put the other two, but... Uh... First, there was one New Cops, then there was two New Cops, and then with the dream sequences, there was a third New Cops. And so we put made them all one New Cops again. Oh. And, uh, well, it's actually so... a trilogy. It's basically a trilogy. Oh, okay. <laughs> is, is, will, is there a possibility that we could be seeing any more of the New Cops show? I would love to. Actually, the guys that... The, the, first, the scene that you see... The first scene in the movie where there's like the the first lady and the um and the character Spit Mendez is is talking to her about how the the president is is the host of the swine flu that scene mm-hmm. was uh was like a really fun um improv improvised scene with some of my friends Bo and Bryce Shell and Hannah Morgan and uh, Josh McClellan and they they uh they basically didn't know what they were getting into when I told them to show up at my friend's house that night and I gave them a very uh, vague idea of what the movie was about and they went, they just kind of went to town on it and they are dying to do more projects with us so hopefully, yeah, maybe maybe the New Cops saga will continue. Now, do you see, do you guys see yourselves making more uh, content for the internet like webisodes, like doing a new web series or a New Cops spinoff series or something like that or do you uh, want to make continue making uh, movies within this realm. Okay, well, be, Jimmy, yeah. be, before you go into your uh, super ambitious plan that never <laughs> might yeah, not happen, I, I, Jimmy, Jimmy started. I, I could, but sense, I will say, can I, could, I say yeah, what I want? Yeah, I could sense Jimmy I was wanting to talk about this. Okay. I want to do a ton of movies this year. I want to do at least one movie that takes about a weekend to shoot yeah. and put that out. Uh, okay, Jimmy's Jimmy's got some great ambitions. I've got I've got um. Such a swath of different things that I'm dabbling in. Kind of what we touched on earlier. I'm, I'm kind of uh, got my feet feet in lots of fires, but there's a there's a. I think we're I think we're geared to to be creating content that would be uh, accessible online. I just I think the next step though, I want to start doing stuff that is a little bit more has a little bit more uh, production value to it. But I don't know. <laughs> Um, and I guess that kind of goes along with some of the other acting roles that you're doing. Like, like you mentioned earlier, men go to battle that comes out fairly soon, right? Yeah. That, that's going to be, that's out. a real, it's in Seattle this week till Friday yeah, it does at the a... Northwest film forum. Yeah. It's playing in Seattle this week. Uh, and that, that one's, that's a real movie. Um, I, I would say new cops is kind of a fake movie, but I, I don't think that really discounts it by any, by any means. And they uh, both have a uh, David in it too. So it's just a happenstance. <laughs> They're not really related, but, um, hopefully we'll have like several movies with Tim out in this year. He's got at least two. So yeah, it's just hard. Yeah. As far as Jimothy studios goes, do you guys have your next project lined up? Well, I was just gonna. I was actually about to ask Jimmy. Jimmy changed Jimothy Studios to Jim Tim Memes. I don't, I don't know what that was about. Actually, <laughs> oh, that's our old channel. Our old channel gotten. I had all the Super Bowl commercials up because I bought the rights to Superb Al. I own the copyright on Superb Al, and so I put all these Super Bowl commercials up. And then, like, <laughs> I got two copyright strikes because of these thirty-second commercials. So, so uh, that so, so that website is now just uh, abandoned. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so we'll probably launch a new Jimothy Studios channel. Mm. Uh, the movie's on Tim Morton's uh, YouTube right now. I love, I love using the word launch as like 
basically it's basically just like you uh, in the basement <laughs> yeah <laughs> like cl just clicking buttons and it's gonna it's like that launches something <laughs> but uh it's there's there's kind of uh, some hilarity i i feel like in the in the behind the scenes of new cops um uh, and i Jimmy was starting to talk about that, where he kind of ruined our our uh, standing with YouTube by by putting like a tremendous amount of copyright material on it to draw like more clicks, more views. Uh, and uh, what ended up happening, I, I was trying to upload the new cops, the 55 minute new cops, and they told and uh, this was we can uh, only put videos that are. Uh like 10 minutes long on there this was like down to the wire <laughs> shit you know i had to get it uploaded so that my so that kentucker could put it on no budge and my web internet was so slow it took like 12 hours to upload it and then to discover that uh we were in in quote bad standing with U youtube and would be until january <laughs> of 2007 2017 uh and that that was kind of uh to infuriating to say the least jimmy jimmy uh Jimmy works his magic, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> I did notice that on uh, several of your the videos on there, there were there were a lot of uh, a lot of keywords that didn't necessarily match what the video was. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to get views, and uh, it's hard. So, strangely enough, the viral videos I made of um, I made a Jinx the Jinx uh, trailer that was a parody of the Jinx, and that's got a lot of views, and we were. Making some viral stuff while Tim, or I was until Tim got New Cops finished, and he he worked like a madman to get it done by President's Day. And uh, we usually launch things on days uh, that correspond with it because we will put out a, like a table read to this movie with a dog, and then I just so happen to put it on the National Dog Day. So <laughs> that might be a thing we need to do. I didn't. That was news to me. I didn't know you did that. <laughs> I did it on accident. Somehow put it up on the same exact day as National Dog Day. I was like, oh, that's surprising. <laughs> but that was a table read we did for a dog cop movie, and it's yeah. I I, I checked Sudsy. that out too. Sudsyofullhand.com. Yeah. yeah. Now, does Sudsy take place within the new cops realm, or is that just a different cop? Uh, a different. It's cop a different world? cop. <laughs> It's a different cop movie. <laughs> okay. We really like cops. I, I like the idea of a new cops expanded universe. Like just having yeah, it's a different take it's place a different within this world. world with a dog. Well, we were gonna have I think new cop the new cops sequel, the spiritual successor to New Cops, was gonna be First Mutant, and it was gonna be about we don't we don't exactly know we're about as clear on what First Mutant is, is as what New Cops was when we started eight years ago. So. I don't know. We might have another movie on our hands in you know another eight years or so. First Mutant was where the clone uh, Flaherty has a clo uh, puts a bad guy away, and so they use the bad guy in prison as a clone experiment, and he dies, but the clone lives, and so the clone is uh, getting revenge for his original dying, and um, he's called the First Mutant, and he's got a limited amount of time since clones don't live that long. That's one person's interpretation of it. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I, I want to. I want to see this. Maybe you could um, crowdfund that. Go to Kickstarter with it. Yeah. That's, um. Speaking of which, have you guys looked into uh, you know funding and any new projects on crowdfunding? Is that something that you're kind of cognizant of? That's that's on your radar, possibly. It's on there. Uh, Sedzio Kulohan was one we were trying, and then. 
that was not going anywhere. And so I think your ambitions were a little too high on that one, Jim. <laughs> I was trying to tell you that. Uh, well, I felt like if it's going to get any donations, I made it at like half a million just <laughs> for the fun of it, just to because I didn't want to have to do it if it got if Kickstarter raises a hundred dollars, then you have to make the movie on a hundred dollars. So I was like, just make it half a million. But we got zero donations, which was kind of funny in itself. Yeah. Well, that was kind of sad. We didn't have it up very long. Oh, you pulled it down before before the end? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tore it, tore it, tore it down. <laughs> uh, there was one there was one other thing that I noticed in in New Cops and it was it was just this kind of offhanded thing and it, it was like kind of got under my skin and it was like kind of bothering me. There's a scene where you send a text message and the text message just says stat biking. And I was wondering if you knew what that was, or if you could tell me what that was. Oh, that I mean, that was a that was the most dream within a dream situation where the uh, the uh, my, the Tim character was dreaming that the president character was dreaming that he was a regular man and he was going to the grocery store. And then does it just say stat bike? It said, "What are you doing?" I think if you see the other text, the text pre- previous to that is the person says, "What are you doing?" and it's all on one screen, and then he's saying st- he's stat biking. What is stat biking? Uh, oh, stationary, stationary bike. Stationary bike. Oh, stationary biking. That makes so much more sense now to me. <laughs> you like, thought oh, it had to deal st- with statistics. Yeah, biking. I thought you were like crunching numbers here. I like that. I like that interpretation. That's kind of cool. That's double meaning. He's like yeah. crunching numbers. <laughs> and just so happens, like Stephen King lets you do movies of his work, like his short stories. If you're like a no no-name filmmaker and stationary bike is one of them and i was like you should do that that actually that actually does sound like a project i want to do there's a short yeah a short uh what, short book novel what do you call those short something he, stephen king calls them his dollar babies and you can make a, a movie of his for a dollar yeah you buy the <laughs> you buy the rights to his thing and you can make it for a dollar interesting did not know that i have to look into so, that myself yeah that's jimmy's Jimmy's handiwork there. Hmm. Um, do, do you want to do any kind of uh, plugging for any kind of new, like, uh, Men Go to Battle, for instance? Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Um, there's, I don't have, I mean, I can't plug Men Go to Battle exactly yet, but I would say wait, um, this spring there's going to be more information about um, where, you know, where you'll be able to see that. This week, of course, you can see it in Seattle with the Northwest Film Forum. I think it's I think this whole week is playing at 8 p.m. every night. But um, Film Movement is the distribution company that is going to be distributing it. And I don't know. It's on DVD in June. It's on their website. Okay, I didn't see that. So, yeah, it's maybe some sort of, like, more digital or DVD distribution in June and maybe some theatrical of the spring. So keep, okay, keep, not- keep your eyes open for it. Yeah, I would like to keep an eye on the the Film Movement website because they'll probably have all the latest release dates and everything on that. Yeah, as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jimmy, anything anything you want to plug? Oh, I have uh, just Jimmy thing. Just we're just working on projects, um, and we don't know what the next one is except keep an eye out on it. Uh, now, now since the website is is not up yet. Or is not currently up. Do you want? Is there like a a place oh, well, that people can go to keep an eye Timothy on things? will take you to New Cops right now, and that'll always take you forward you to somewhere. 
that'll that'll have something. <laughs> so jimothypresents.com. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes. So jimothypresents.com, and you can check check that out for all the all the latest Jim, Jimothy goodness. Yeah, uh, guys. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us. Well, I really appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to interview us. And the review was great. I mean, it got five out of ten, and we were just happy that uh, you you got what the movie was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'd, I'd give it about five out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the film is still available on NoBudge.com, so... You guys, if you want to check out the the film in its entirety, you can go to nobudge.com and watch the entire thing for free. Yeah, and that's and that's actually just a really cool website for it's dist, you know distributes no budget and low budget uh, movies like ours. It's a really well curated uh, site by, that Kentucky oddly puts on. Yeah, we talk about it a lot on this show. Oh, so cool. yeah, we, yeah. We're, we're definitely big fans of No Budge. Awesome. How how long is it up on No Budge? I think it'll always be up, but it will. It, it, it'll be archived at a certain point, so it might not be as easy to. Uh, Should be spot. on the front page for a month or so. so. Yeah, yeah, it's still on the front page as of now. Yeah. So check it out, new cops. All right, guys, thank you so much again for uh, coming on the show and talking with us. Thanks, right. Kevin. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, guys. Thanks again, Jimmy and Timothy. Jimothy. Again, you can check out new cops at nobudge.com, and the you can go, you can take a look on their. Um, their YouTube channel too, and see some of the shorts, like the webisodes, on there because I gave a couple of them a watch. Yeah, and I do like the uh, the behind the scenes that yes, the play yeah. afterwards because they're yeah. almost as funny or funnier. That was one thing. That was one thing I forgot to ask is that if there was a possibility of turning that into a movie, just turn it all everything. I would let. I would like to see that. Like taking that behind-the-scenes stuff and compiling all of that into a movie, just like they did with New Cops. All right, let's talk about some Knight of Cups. Let's break down Knight of Cups. Huh? Yeah. Knight of Cups. This is written and directed by Terrence Malick. Stars a... Or I shouldn't say stars. I should say it features. It features a ridiculous number of people. Nice, yeah. We're talking Christian Bale, Kate Blanchett, Natalie Portman, Brian Dennehy, hey. who I thought was dead, <laughs> Antonio Banderas, uh, Wes Bentley is in there, we got uh, Thomas Lennon, Teresa we got Frida Pinto, yes. Joe Latruglio, yeah, he was in there for a little bit, Nick Kroll, Nick Kroll, yeah, got a little profile of Nick Kroll popping into the frame there for a second. <laughs> Jason Clark, Joel Kinnaman, yeah, yeah, Jason. Clifton Collins Jr., Kevin Gorgon, Nick Offerman, Eight at a Diner, Dane DeHaan was in there. I didn't, I didn't, see, I I didn't even... see him. There was a bunch of people <laughs> that I didn't see. Like I didn't see yeah, Nick Shea Offerman. Wiggum. I didn't see Nick Offerman. Oh, you, uh, oh, you missed Nick. He had a line. Really? Yeah. It, it was the there was a scene where he was uh, Christian Bale was at like the um, it looked like he was at kind of like a Wall Street area where it was just a, it was like a big office building and there were a whole bunch of uh, people in suits kind of walking around there was this it was the scene with nick offerman he was it was kind of like a wide shot and nick offerman was walking with another guy oh, in the background. Okay. was that the one where we were was, talking about playing whatever that video game's called yes oh, yeah okay exactly yes i didn't that's exactly. i didn't notice that that was nick offerman yep yeah that was nick offerman's line i did catch fabio though 
I did not. He picks up a lady in his arms. I don't. I don't even remember that. Yeah, you don't. There's no need to. I don't remember the Kevin Corrigan. Dude, oh movie. man, they were they had they ate at a diner together. It was like him, Teresa Palmer, and Kevin Corrigan. And then they were walking around this like outdoor like street fair type deal. He didn't say anything. He's just like walking around with them. He was like their third wheel. It looked like. Oh, okay. All right. Intre- uh All right. Yeah. I guess I just didn't recognize him. No, because you probably probably clocked out well before that. <laughs> yeah, probably. I probably did, unfortunately. So, uh, this I have a synopsis here. A writer indulging in all that Los Angeles and Las Vegas has to offer undertakes a search for whoa, a whoa, lone whoa, whoa, self. That's not the synopsis. What about the one with the prince oh, and the father? Yeah. I'm not reading that. Sorry. I'm trying to find the uh, he's in a search for love and self via a series of adventures with six different women. Yeah. Uh, and we're done. I, I, I gotta say, okay, I'll, I'll start this off. I think that this was the, th- this is the ultimate Terrence Malick movie right here. This is, it felt so self-indulgent and it was like, it, it was like he was parodying himself yes. at this point. Yes. That's that's exactly what it was like, and I just couldn't take any of the anything in this movie seriously at all. It was so ridiculous to me. Everything, yes, everything about it was so ridiculous and over the top and so goofy, just unbelievably goofy. It's just and <laughs> it's just a it's just Christian Bale walking around, just sullen, just looking at stuff. Like, you know how Ryan was kind of making fun of the five minutes that he saw to the wonder of Ben Affleck just looking at things? Imagine if he saw this. Like, this is nothing but Christian Bale just looking at things. Like, how many lines does he actually have in this movie? I think he gets in the ocean in a suit more often than he does actually see Yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of, like... He's always going to the fucking frolicking. ocean with a suit. There's a lot of beach frolicking in this movie. What the fuck are you doing with your suits, man? How do you keep ending up at the ocean in a suit? What are you looking for? What are you struggling with? He's talking about having this like struggle. This is like an existential crisis or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Oh, boo hoo! What, what the fuck is boo-hoo. it? Boo hoo! The fuck are you having problems with? Well, I think that I think one of the big things is that he's trying to cope with the loss of his brother because they briefly they they briefly mention that. Yeah, when it, when because Wes Bentley and, plays his brother and they kind of yeah. kept some dialogue. And he, I think that's part, at least a chunk of the movie is him trying to deal with that. But the rest of it is really him just wandering around uh, in in interesting locations with beautiful women. And I don't know if we're supposed to feel sorry for him or care about him because I don't. Because he's a rich writer that's hanging out globetrotting with beautiful women. Yeah. This is just oh my god! It's so vapid. It's so and a number again. The main thing that I can't take is I just can't take his philosophical it's, meandering bullshit, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Oh, it's so atrocious. Uh, yeah, like the the way that this one's divided up, it's like tarot cards, and like each person is a tarot. I know. I was so excited when the title card came up and said death. I thought finally. Yeah, finally it's over. Finally we're going to get through this. But holy shit, death takes forever. And then there was yeah, still the, uh, the portion after it. 
the the pacing and how this is structured is a little odd because it doesn't really because like there will be a title card that comes up and it says like it'll be one of the cards and then you say oh okay well that's like it'll be like the hermit or whatever it'll be like oh well that's brian dennehy's character or whatever but then they move on to another character before introducing a new title card yeah and and that other character becomes the focal point you're like okay well what is this a different card or is it still the hermit are there two hermits like what's happening here? That's him and his fractured narrative, man. And I'm, we use we use narrative very loosely here. Air quotes. I think this movie, to me, it felt lazy. Like it felt like this is. It was like Terrence Malick just having these segments, like vignettes, and just when when asked how he's gonna link these together to form a narrative, he was just like art, art. <laughs> art tarot like he, there 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 is no there's no connection there is there's nothing and that's i realized this movie made me realize what really bothers me about his newer movies like his last three movies is that there's this disconnect between the audience and the character because he doesn't let the characters speak there's no dialogue and when there is dialogue, he muffles it. Like, he'll either just... You'll see them talking, but you can't hear him. Well, yeah. Or he'll, and put, he, or he'll put voiceover over Yeah, and you could tell there's a number of sequences where, they, you know, people are having arguments and stuff. Which... And when they're having the argument, he has it. There's no audio. You know, there's either music playing or the voiceovers going on at that time. Or something else, you know, white noise or whatever you want to call it. And you miss it, which... Okay, slightly interesting how he's you know kind of distancing the audience from the movie and I'm, i don't really have anything against like the structure of the film i'm okay with it but i just can't take this vague pseudo philosophical shit just just complete bullshit that the, that these people deliver and voiceover and of course they deliver it in wispy whispers and hushed tones like if in that way, in his mind, I guess that equates to insight, but it doesn't. It no, doesn't. It, it, everything it was, is so unbelievably vague, and they're so they're so empty and hollow to just you know say, oh, where are we now? Like it, it, po- posing these questions, it's just it's irritating beyond belief because they mean nothing, okay? And just because they're so unbelievably vague that there's this you know almost infinite number of ways that you can go with it does not make them deep okay i just found everything to be very frustrating because there were these like you mentioned there are these kind of snippets of powerful emotion that's happening on screen like the the arguments and and the interactions he had with some of the women and it's like i want to experience that like i want to know what's going on there but there's this disconnect there's no context i don't know what they're arguing about and i don't i don't care it's like watching a whole mood the whole movie with cotton balls in your ears like everything's muted well that would actually muffled. better <laughs> i would enjoy that a lot more honestly because for me that's the thing that irritates me the most the visuals in, in this one in you know with most malik films that i at least have that going for me that i'm like okay you can at least lock into the visuals and enjoy that and just you know kind of hold on to that for the two hours that you're stuck here but even Knight of Cups, outside of like some of the, the architecture, the way that they shoot the architecture, the visuals weren't really doing anything for me either. It's just, you know, like 
Christian Bale squats down, and the camera yeah. comes to do it, gets in his face. And then he stands up, and the camera gets up. It's like, okay, it's just Christian Bale walking around. That's what we're doing here. There's a lot of uh, a lot of GoPro usage it's... in this one, and there were some like I believe some drones were being used as well. Using some drones, and how many goddamn underwater shots do we have? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like the GoPro is in full effect Kid. in this movie. <laughs> this I and we, I said this to you before we started recording, but this made me hate cinema for like two and a half hours. I just hated cinema. I hated movies. I hated film. I fucking hated it. You just hated the art I form. I hated the art form. I hated it. So much so that I might not watch a movie for like a day or two. I might go on to something else. Okay? I just yeah, I hate uh... this shit. It's fucking laughable. Especially the one sequence where, you know. And all, all the women that appear in this movie are just, I mean, they're, they're barely even sketches of characters. And then you yeah. have this Kate Blanchett playing the disappointed ex-wife or whatever you want. And they're having that kind of exchange at the end of the driveway. And she's like, uh, you know, go. And then it's a little bit, waiting a little bit. And it's him walking and overlooking her. And he's like, stay. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Really? Like, how long did it take you to write this? I just, I just want to see Terrence Malick make a regular movie again. I just want to see a regular old, just because I watched, I watched Days of Heaven this week. Yeah. And it's like, holy shit, just make a regular fucking movie again, man. Like, you can do it. You can make something brilliant. But instead, you're making this stuff, and that's fine. If that's what you want to do, whatever, that's fine. You know, if, if this is what makes you happy, then that's that's fine. But man, I wish you would make just a, see, a normal... See, like, I, I, for me, I like, I like the... I don't know. I like the idea of the experimenting. Where he's going, you know, like with the, you know, it kind of feels, it unfolds like a dream. It feels like he's just kind of walking around in dreams and memories and it's got the fractured narrative and all that kind of stuff going on. I'm okay with that. I like it. It's interesting. But I don't like the emptiness behind it. He has nothing to say. That's, 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 that's my big issue. I mean, I'm not saying that the actual structure of these films is inherently bad. Uh, I think that. That's probably why I like Tree of Life more than these other two, because at the time, it was like, oh, okay, well, this is different. This is new. I, I'm kind of digging how this is put together. But at this point, it's like, I'm done with it. I'm done. <laughs> it's this because it's this, it's turning into the same thing over and over. Instead of Ben Affleck, we have Christian Bale. Or instead of, you know, Brad Pitt, we have Christian Bale. And it's like... It feels like it's the same movie. It's the same well, yeah, cause... visuals. It's the same, you know, poetic gobbledygook that's being spewed out. And it's just it's a, just a rehash of everything we've seen before. Yeah. Because what's the difference between Ben Affleck's character and Christian Bale's character? Like, what yeah. is the difference in those characters? Yeah. I, mean, I, I can't tell you because I don't even, I don't feel like I know either of them. Yeah, it's just, there's so many, like, um, you don't want love, you want a love experience. I forget which woman that was that said that. I don't know if that was Frida Pinto or who it was. But it's just stuff like that. It's just, it's juvenile. 
Yeah. And any time, you know, someone opens their mouth and the words come out, and it just makes me laugh or eye roll. It's just like this. You know, you've you've invested this much money and time to say this. Why? Why? Just write it in your fucking journal. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, someone's like Christian Bale playing tennis. Just publish a book of poetry or something. 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 I mean. All right. That's all I have to say about Night of Cops. I I can't recommend this. No, this is garbage. This is absolute garbage. And then they go with the whole, you know, Teresa Palmer's, um, the whole stripper Mm. thread that they go with. I mean, Mm. give me a fucking break. And it's also frustrating because, you know, there's a lot of great actors in this movie. And they don't do anything. I, I feel like maybe they did shoot a, a really powerful scene, but we don't get to see that. Like, we're not privy to that. No. Well, just remember, dreams are nice, but you can't live in them. That's... Boom! Yeah. Fucking insight. <laughs> Knowledge bomb. Damn, Malik. Shit. Open it up. Getting philosophical up in here. Rain it down. He's like Steph Curry with knowledge. Shit. <laughs> Uh, but it, and yes. it does it, it like number one, none of this stuff really sticks. None of it's memorable. Any of these lines or any of these no, quote unquote insights. And yeah, see, number two, I have a like a strong feeling that a lot of this stuff was repeated in For the Wonder or To the Wonder. You know what I mean? It's all kind of like probably. the same. It's just like tweaked just a little bit. Yeah, I think it probably is. But the the, the way that it's written, it's almost impossible to actually retain anything that's that's being said yeah. so and then you know <laughs> you wouldn't know <laughs> and then and the, the choice to end the movie with the guy saying begin huh huh yeah yeah no one's thought of that before have they and i was just so sick and tired of uh like west bentley's character he's like i want to feel something i'm so sick and tired of that shit have you ever heard yeah. someone say that in real life i just want to feel no. something no this i haven't a fucking cliche Oh my god! Let's stop talking about this movie because I'm getting pissed off. It's fucking trash. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and give this a score. What are you gonna give Knight of Cups? I give Knight of Cups a uh, a two. I'm gonna give Knight of Cups a. Uh, I'm sitting somewhere between a two and a two point five at this point. I will say this: with no dialogue. And you just cut out Christian Bale like squatting and standing and looking off in the distance and then like, jumping in the ocean. He looks out the window a lot. Yeah, in his apartment. take out just looking out that window. Take out all the underwater shots. It it it's interesting as a city symphony film because they go to a lot of places in Los Angeles. Like you get to see a lot of Los Angeles, and it's filmed wonderfully. You know the architecture and stuff and inside the buildings and whatnot. But when people show up, everything's terrible. I'd say just watch the trailer. Like, that's all you need. Just watch that trailer. And how often does that camera get sidetracked by birds? Planes. <laughs> it's like there's a... It's like they strapped a GoPro to a squirrel. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> uh, Alright, well, that's Night of Cups. I just want to feel something, cities. Adam. I just want to feel... I just want to feel something. God. Yeah, let's run around this abandoned building. Maybe that'll help yeah. you feel. I got a skateboard. Stand on that skateboard. I'm gonna shadow box you. Let's let's wrestle on the beach. Yeah. Let's wrestle on the beach. All right. <laughs> That's Night of Cups. Enough of that business. Let's talk about some of what we've been watching. Uh, I guess I can mention new cops. 
New caps. Uh, I felt I felt uh, pretty much the same way you did about this one, um, and and uh, I, I completely agree with your your review. It's uh, it's it's an interesting little. I don't even know if it's if it's a short film or a. So I would say it's an experience. It's an interesting experience. Yeah. Experiment maybe. For at a... first, because so the film starts with the new cops show and. Right off the bat, I was like, oh, God, this looks like the worst thing ever. <laughs> but fortunately, it, it looks better than the, the... The actual movie looks better than the fake TV show. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was kind of digging... It didn't make me laugh a lot, but I did appreciate the kind of... I, I would call this an anti-comedy film. I would, I would sort of lump it in with, um, you know, like the Tim and Eric style. Or, or no, better yet... Uh, who's the guy that did Buzzard? Like, I would maybe lump it in there. Oh, yeah. Was, oh, I forget his name. I forget his name, too. But I, I, I was a big fan of Buzzard. But, yes, I would I would kind of lump it in there with these kind of, like, no-budget, very dry comedies. Yeah, I mean, this is, this oh, is like, even, really no-budget. Or even the Mud Jacking. Yeah, there you those, go. Those people, yeah. I would, I would good, yeah, yeah, That's good stuff. I'd put it in into that. So if you liked, if you saw any of those, liked them, yeah, I would, I would put new cops in there too. I did like the the dream sequences. I I thought were really effective, and I liked that. You know, um, I think it was Jimmy that mentioned that you know pieces of what's happening in the in the real world get interpreted into the into the dream yeah. sequences. And it's always I always like that when that happens, where you you have these little like tidbits that get pulled in, Easter eggs, yeah, showing up. This I but, I enjoyed myself with that one, new cops. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I I I think that the length, you know, being un, being under an hour, perfect, is, perfect. It, it helps. Yeah, it definitely it definitely benefits. When there's just uh, the the, from, the no budget thing, just kind of adds like a. A certain amount of charm to it for me yeah. anyways it plays in yeah, nicely with everything and there's just a number of things that i thought were at first they just made me kind of chuckle but now when i think of them they make me laugh the tomato chopping i thought <laughs> yeah. i like i was i was legit i thought that that was just the funniest thing ever him chopping that tomato in like the worst <laughs> manner possible and then they just they they actually showed it like several times. They showed the cutting board several times afterwards. And it's just like a mess. And it's like, what were you doing there? What were you even chopping a tomato for? It, it just it it had the sense of like he just wanted to chop a tomato. Like he wasn't making anything. He's just like, I'm yeah. gonna chop up this tomato real quick <laughs> and throw it away. And then the like the the detective, uh, David Maloney, I think his name was the the actor when he's when he's doing the rapping. Mm. At the end, mm-hmm. and it's terrible, but I do love that at the end of that rap, he acknowledges how difficult it is rapping. Yeah. Still yeah. on the beat, though, and he's just saying that it's challenging. I don't know why, but yes. that's the funniest thing to me. Uh, one thing that didn't work for me was actually the new cops show. Like, I didn't, I didn't really like it. I don't understand. I I... I'm so confused by the new cops TV show, and I think that's why I want more of it, because it just... It confuses me so much. I don't know what it is. It's a guy in a bathrobe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Is he a cop? 
or is he are they the criminals i don't I think they're the cops but i don't yeah I, I are they idea. a new style of cop is that what we're talking about here or are they rookie no. cops and this is their downtime there's so many questions that haven't been answered uh yeah i don't know but i would recommend checking it out new cops on no budge cops uh i had uh i knew her well which i don't think i mentioned last time but again the criterion that i covered which i probably came out like a couple weeks ago i think i wrote that so that's up on the site check that out but actually watching the movie uh quite uh quite interesting film here 1965 italian cinema like a forgotten director no one really ever talks about and i guess criterion is trying to drum up some interest and revive his filmography and it kind of plays like the dolce vita but with a female central character she's kind of like a naive young italian girl that's uh trying to make it in show business and just kind of shows her you know essentially just having a number of relationships and things working out things not working out um the the cinematography is quite great at times they kind of try everything almost like a, a whole bunch of different camera angles uh panning shots dolly work i mean just everything there's a really nice simple small sequence where this guy's trying to trying to get a job with this other guy and he's leaving a party in his car and he's kind of holding on and the car exits and it's a 360 pan of watching the car drive out of the driveway and up the street and then the camera comes full circle back around to the guy that was left at the party which i always love those kinds of things you know where the 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 simple almost meaningless yeah, scene is, I love that stuff too. Yeah, is rendered fantastic through through use of the camera. Um, and given the time period, 1965, and this movie, it's kind of I almost want to say a bit progressive. But then again, I haven't seen a ton of films from the 60s. But from what I have seen, this is the first one of you know having a female at the center where she's kind of just having flings with people left and right. Um, they bring up abortion like halfway through. They just kind of bring it up, just kind of dealt with nonchalantly, and then move on. And then she even has a interra- interracial relationship, which I can't really name that many movies that I've seen from the '60s that show that. Yeah, quite good though. I will say that I definitely recommend it. Okay, cool. And it worked enough that I do want to see more from them. And that I knew her well. That's out now on criterion so yeah how are the uh how are the the bonus features and all that bonus features are pretty good uh decent amount of like background information stuff like that cursory like info which kind of helps you out since i don't really know anything about the director but the, i mean the the transfer oh man pristine looking good holy shit yeah i love uh, i love new transfers or restorations of these older movies because they look so gorgeous. Like it, it looks like a new movie. It does. Uh, I saw Ava's Possessions. It was directed by Jordan Galland. This came out just this weekend. <clears throat> yeah. Right. This is the one uh, I mentioned it. I think last week when we were looking at the things coming out this week. Uh, it's about it's a it's a horror comedy about this girl who was possessed by a demon and goes through an exorcism. So, but the 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 film starts with her just having the exorcism done, 
And the rest of the movie is basically about her trying to put her life back together after this possession. Mm -hmm. And it is sort of like um, The Hangover in that she doesn't remember anything that happened while she was possessed. She was possessed for a month. So, you know, people are coming up to her and like yelling at her and throwing things on her and hitting her and all of this stuff. uh, And she doesn't she doesn't know why like she doesn't know what she did while she was possessed so she's trying to not only put the pieces back together of of her life and you know just clean up her house which is completely trashed and and yeah she's also trying to figure out what happened because she starts to realize like something terrible happened while she was possessed and she has to figure out what what that was and She's like going to this uh, possessions anonymous support group every week, and they're they're kind of helping her cope. and And one of the things that they're doing is trying to make sure that it, she doesn't get repossessed, like it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Because throughout the movie, she's having like she keeps having these visions of the the demon trying to get back in, essentially. Yeah. Trying to get. Uh, and I actually liked this quite a bit. I thought it was uh, a pretty clever, a pretty clever movie. It was it was pretty unique. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, Lou Taylor Pucci's in it, yeah. and uh, Dan Fogler's in it, and uh, it was uh, it was good. I recommend checking it out. It's on VOD right now, so you can you can check it out if you so desire. Uh-huh. The visual style's interesting. It's got the kind of a weird a weird look to it. Um, it, it, it tries to be weird, should I say. Like, it, it uses a lot of kind of, like, tilted camera angles, sort of like what uh, American Horror Story likes to do, where the, the camera is always kind of off-kilter. And it uses a lot of brightly colored lights. Like, the lighting is really interesting in this. Like, lots of neon lights and just super bright uh, colored bulbs being used. <laughs> Super bright colored bulbs. Yep. All over. And it's got a really cool cover, too. I lo- I'm loving the poster for this one. You know about them posters. Yeah, it looks like an old... Uh, well, the, the, the cover, the poster is like modeled after the book that she has to read in her support group. And it it just it looks like an old book from like the 60s or 70s. It's such a... I, I like the premise of this. It's such a great premise for a movie. Yeah, because there's like a mystery element. Do do you, as well? Do they capitalize on that potential um, the, to the fullest yeah, or I, close enough? I, I think so. I think so. Like I was pleased with the twist. Like I I thought that it the twist worked for me. The the resolution, what you find out, it's not earth shattering. It's not completely um, unpredictable. Like you you could probably predict how it's gonna play out, but. It was interesting nonetheless, and I thought that they did a lot of smart things in the writing to, like, uh, there were, there were like, several callbacks on things that were pointed out earlier on, and I, and I think that that's uh, always a smart thing to do when, when you're writing. So, yeah, it, it worked for me. Yeah, all right. Ava's Possessions is the name, so, yeah, check it out. Okay. Uh, the newest... Uh unsung indie that i wrote john's at 12th street a little documentary by vanessa mcdonald from uh 2014 this is just 
essentially like a you know slice of life documentary type deal. Um, it has the look very looks very simplistic. You know, it's just her with a camera at this restaurant, John's Italian restaurant. You know, that's like that's like on my block, right? Is it? I've eaten there like five times. Have you? Yeah. You gotta watch they're, this then. They're cash only. They're cash only there, which always bothers me. Every time I go there, I'm like, oh man, we get some fettuccine and it's like cash only. It's like, come on. Get some fucking cash then. It's right at your house. They have an ATM. Uh, there you go. They have an ATM in the, in the restaurant though. I so see, if you want to check I, out John's. Whatever, I hear everything that you're saying and none of those sound like problems to me. It sounds like you had a problem, but then you immediately stated a solution. So there should be no issues whatsoever well also also you can get at least where i live i can have it delivered yeah to me. they they should so. they show all that in this movie oh do they? they go it's 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 fantastic in the way that it's set up is it starts off you know like before opening it's just her in the kitchen and the, the restaurant manager he's dealing with some things like the atm that you talked about probably the one you even used man and he's having his doors looked at, and it's just kind of showing that and get the prep work and everything. And then, you know, the, the staff comes in, and it starts to interact with them a little bit. But then, like, as the movie goes on, it, the, the camera, instead of being, like, on the outside, just kind of, like, watching things, documenting and everything, it, it kind of gets involved. And it starts interacting with, like, the employees start talking straight into the camera and... It's almost like your first day of work where they're telling you like how it is to work there and how it is to work with the people that own the place. And it starts to interact with the actual patrons that come into the restaurant and they give you history and how many times they've eaten there and like all, all these things. And it just like completely immerses you in the restaurant. And it's just... This it, is so crazy. I can't believe that, that this is... I didn't know... I didn't put two and two together. Like, I didn't read the synopsis, and I didn't read your yeah, article. Yeah, it's it. <laughs> just, like, it feels like, and it kind of takes that, it, it's kind of set up that way, where it starts out at the beginning of the day before it opens, and then at the end is when, you know, it closes up shop, and the day's over. So it's like a day in the life of oh, John's 12th I, I Street. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to watch this, and and my girlfriend's definitely gonna because she she likes this place a lot. So. And it's one of those things; it, it gives you a little bit of everything. It gives you like in the kitchen stuff, stuff with the employees, stuff with the people that come in and actually, you know, come and eat there. And it talks with the owners. It talks with, but it's all within just working at the restaurant. It's not you know, it's not like sit down interviews with people. It's just you know camera just you get like pulled into conversations with people that are coming and standing at the bar it's that type of thing going on awesome well it's, it's fantastic it's yeah it's I'm one it's on fandor you can watch yeah it. i'm definitely gonna be watching this today because this this is crazy and uh this, this was this was actually one of the first restaurants after we moved here this was one of the first places we ate at because it was like really close and i was jonesing for some italian and so we just i, I wanted to ask you if you've ever been there and oh yeah, the, the the thing is, is it made me number one. It made me want to work in a restaurant again, like get back in a kitchen. It made me want to cook big time. It made me want to just eat there in general. Like I wanted to stop watching the movie and just go to John's and have food. It's just um, what I might what I might end up doing <laughs> is watching this and then going to John's. That's what you should do. That's exactly oh, that's what you crazy. should do. Oh, I highly recommend it. There's also um, in the review that's on the site. There's the, the it's also on Vimeo on demand. Oh, okay, it that way too. If you don't have so Fandor, you, yeah. So if you don't have Fandor, you can check it out on Vimeo on demand. 
John's of 12th Street. Check it out. And go to the restaurant, too, if you're in the area. Which we might have to do next time I'm up. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I saw Road Games. This is another new one that came out this weekend, directed by Abner Pastol. This is a, it's not a remake of the 1981 classic. I call it a classic because I love it so much. <laughs> Stacy Keach. Uh, it's, this is a, it's a French film, although most of it is in English. Most of the dialogue's in English because it's about, um, it's about a, I think he is from the UK. And he's kind of uh, traveling through Europe. And he <clears throat> happens upon this this uh, girl who gets in a, in a fight with her significant other. And then the two of them start kind of just hitchhiking through the country. And they eventually learn that there is supposedly a serial killer on the loose uh, in the area. So they're, they're trying to be very careful about, you know, who they catch rides from and stuff. And they eventually... Uh, go to the 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 home of this couple, one of whom is Barbara, played by Barbara Crampton, which I thought was interesting. Hmm. And the uh, the other one is a guy who you would probably um, recognize. His name is um, Frederic Perrault. He was in the that uh, French uh, crime thriller Police, and he was also in the Populaire. Hmm. He was also in the the TV series The Returned. I know you didn't see that, but it was. Uh... I have seen The Returned. Oh, you have? Oh yeah, man. All about Returned. Oh okay. Well, All he's in that about too. It. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he so he plays the husband, uh, and they they start to act a little weird, yeah. and they get a little concerned about this this couple, and then they kind of things things progress from there and obviously get violent. The interesting thing is it's called road games, but there's really not unless until you see the end of the movie, until you find out like exactly what's going on and, and experience the twist. Uh, it doesn't really have much meaning because pretty much the whole movie takes place in this house. At one point I looked at the runtime and I was at 50 minutes and it was still taking place in the house like there was no there were no road games to be had just... uh so the name's a little the title's a little misleading uh i thought this was okay i didn't love it the, the, the there's some things that happen in this plot that are a little bit incoherent like they they don't make a whole lot of sense like there's another character that comes along at one point and he's sort of a red herring but at the same time he's like another like kind of crazy person that gets thrown into the mix and you're just like wait a minute he's not the killer but he's somebody and it's just it gets a little overly convoluted i think and uh the the twist is interesting though i didn't initially see it coming uh so i definitely appreciated that aspect of it and it's uh i would say it's a light recommend for me it's it's not great but it is it is entertaining uh, and again, that's called Road Games. Road Games. Although I will say that the 1981 Australian Road Games is a million times better. See, and that's what I thought because I saw that you saw this. And I thought, oh, they remade Road Games. I thought I thought it was going to be a remake, but that, it's not. Were you watching it under that assumption? Like, I'm going to watch this remake of Road Games. I was pretty sure it wasn't because when I first saw that it was a thing... I was like, oh, God, they remade Road Games. But then uh, 
I saw, I don't know if it was a poster, maybe I even saw a trailer, and I, so I knew going into it that it was not. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't think it should have been called Road Games, though, just because... It doesn't sound like there's that many games it's, playing it's, out on roads. It's a horror movie. It's going to cause confusion. People are going to go into it thinking that it is a remake. It's one of those French games. Yeah. French word games. <laughs> I like French horror movies, though. I think I think French horror movies are... are they definitely have their own style to them. They're, they're an interesting bunch. Well, I watched a French movie, too. Mine's not a French horror, though. Uh, I watched Kung Fu Master from 1988, and it's oh boy. Varda, a little Varda going on. Uh, the title comes from uh, the 15-year-old boy, who's actually Varda's son. He's in there. It's a, he plays a game called Kung Fu Master. It's his favorite game to play, a little 15-year-old boy. And the whole story of this movie is uh, a 40-year-old woman, Jane Birkin, falls in love with the 15-year-old boy. Mm. So it's like reverse... Uh, what's that movie, Lolita? Is that what yeah. that's going? Yeah, kind of like that. Kind of like that going on. Uh, it's uh, it starts off fantastic, wonderful opening to it, which is Varda's son, little fifty-year-old kid dressed up like kung fu fighter, diagonal Dollywood just scrolling down the sidewalk, and it's you just got to the the sound effects of the game plan, and he's moving like a little game figure, and he's fighting people like a like a real life reenactment. Of the game Kung, Kung Fu Master. So it starts off delightful. But uh, I got to say, the, the the story itself, outside of like the initial, like, oh, man, this is kind of taboo. It's, there's not much really going on between this love affair. The love affair really doesn't make any sense. Um, and you're not exactly sure why she's gotten into this situation, what she sees in the boy. And occasionally the, they'll throw in some like terrible, terrible voiceover where she like at first it's voiceover is just essentially consist of her pointing things out that are happening on the screen. So it's completely useless and unnecessary. And then further on down the road, it kind of takes the kind of travels down the path of like trying to figure things out, maybe gaining a little insight, but it still doesn't give you much. Um, and you really had to suspend your disbelief in this movie because it goes, it just nonsensical things happen the more and more that this goes on. And it's just, it feels like, it feels like they're attempting to explore something, but I don't, I have no idea what they're exploring at all outside of it just being a story of a 40 year old mm-hmm. falling in love with a 15 year old. Okay. It looks great. It looks great. That's Kung Fu Master. Uh, I saw Days of Heaven. Oh. Finally finally watched this classic Terrence Malick film from 1978 starring Richard Gere and Brooke Adams. Oh. And Sam Shepard. You gotta get that Sam Shepard in there. Almost unrecognizable, actually. I, like, when I, when I saw when his character was first introduced, I was like, holy shit. Like, I didn't even it's recognize a, him. It's a young, young Sam Shepard. He, but, like, Richard Gere looks the exact same. Yeah, Richard Gere is weird, though. But Sam Shepard. And, and I also recognized uh, uh, Linda, Linda Manns, the, the little girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I immediately knew her from Gummo. Like, I immediately knew, oh, that's the mom from Gummo. <laughs> Probably the, uh, the voiceover had a lot to do with that because I recognized her, her voice as soon as I saw her and easily... Was like that's the mom from Gummo. Nailed it. Doing her, do, doing her lift weightlifting in front of the mirror and the weird dances and stuff. 
So that was all that anyway. was playing through your head while watching this. Gummo, yeah. Gotcha. Gummo. The whole movie of Gummo basically played through my head <laughs> as I was watching this. Um, I got to say that this is probably my favorite Terrence Malick film. Now, I, I haven't watched The Thin Red Line for a long time, so... Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how those two would compare, but <clears throat> man, woo! This it's fantastic, this, isn't it? This was a uh, a visual feast for thine eyes. Oh man, it's like a smorgasbord. Incredible, absolutely incredible. Uh, oh. oh my god, like probably one of the most visually astounding movies I've ever seen. Nice, it's up there. I mean, it was just gorgeous. Holy crap. Um, story-wise, I, it didn't seem like it was going to be something that, that grabbed me right off the bat, but I eventually I eventually warmed up to these characters. I didn't think that Richard Gere was a particularly uh, likable or complex character. He seemed like kind of a buffoon in a lot of ways. But, uh, yeah, you know, Brooke Adams' character, I thought, was a lot more complex and i was I, I kind of appreciated that we spent a little more more time with her than richard gear but uh yeah I, I liked this movie quite a bit i thought it was pretty excellent and the the end i mean it was kind of a gut punch there at the end as soon as the like when the uh, grasshoppers took over oh yeah and and the fire broke out well that fire that sequence intense. that fire sequence intense i was like holy shit there this is crazy like that, that fire was real, and, I mean, it was, like, out of control. It seemed like, didn't it? Yeah. Just it wild, wild. wild and crazy times back then. Just doing whatever you want to do for the sake of cinema. Yeah. You get away with so much shit back then. Definitely had a, this definitely had a Bonnie and Clyde vibe to it. Well, if that's what you're looking for, you should check out Badlands. Or you already saw Badlands, didn't you? I did, Okay, yeah. never mind. Never mind. Yeah, Badlands has a bit of a Bonnie and Clyde vibe, too, but... I actually liked this. I think I liked this more than Badlands overall. I think for me, until I see, rewatch Fit uh, Red Line, Days of Heaven is, is, uh, is my favorite. Yeah. Gotta say. yeah. The uh, Morricone score, very very prominent throughout, uh, which I I liked for the most part. I thought it was like, I thought they reused a lot of the music just a little bit too much. What, like in Night of Cups? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They they did that a lot more back in back in the uh, in the in the seventies and probably even I'd say yeah the sixties and and uh, further back they used a lot of the same music like they repeated the music a lot that's just something you don't see a whole lot nowadays where the just music repeats yeah but either way I mean it was still a great movie so yeah definitely recommend Days of Heaven uh, this is on Criterion so it looks gorgeous. Oh boy. I saw uh, Bridge of Spies. Okay. So some uh some solid Steven Spielberg work going on here in the sense that it's it's basic as all hell. It's just straightforward as a motherfucker. Uh it's but it's decent Hollywood like empty calorie type fare where you're just like, okay, it's just we got we're just full on narrative here. Simple story. We're not really Dealing with complex themes, none of that business. It's just this person says this, this person does this action. There's a consequence, so this person does this. It's just straightforward, okay? And when it comes down to that, it's 
it's a good execution of that. So I did, you know, I got to say I enjoyed myself for the most part. Uh, it's not something that's really memorable in any way, shape, or form. Uh, some of the some of the sequences, some of the seeds, you know, the cinematography, the way they filmed it, looked pretty good. Uh, there's the the initial tailing where they're they're chasing Ryan Lance's character. He plays the Russian spy, or you know, the execution of that's pretty fantastic. Uh, when they're in Germany and they, there's uh, the other American that gets caught, Frederick Pryor, when he's crossing the yet-to-be-finished Berlin Wall. Everything done there is pretty great. But, I mean, it's just... There's, like, a hint of complex issues or topics at the beginning where it's kind of... So they tap Hanks, who's just... He's, like, an insurance lawyer. And they're like, okay, well, we have this spy. We have to show that he's getting a fair shake. So they're like, Hanks... His name's not Tom Hanks in the movie, but for the sake of making it easier for me yeah (laughs) (laughs) they're like can you can you can you represent him like you know just do a decent enough job that it looks like he got a fair deal and then but it's a foregone conclusion that boom he's getting he's getting the death penalty okay we just got to make this look good so but he kind of gets caught up into it because the constitution he sticks to his principles because he's tom hanks and this is hollywood so he takes it a bit further and it has some implications and some ramifications. And, of course, you know, one of our guys get caught and all that stuff. But then there comes a point that once the American gets caught in the, on the Soviet side of things, it just becomes a negotiation where he's got to go over and let's trade. Let's trade him. And everything just gets even simpler. And it just kind of falls apart towards the end. And there's just there's some really terrible things that happen in this movie. Just like um, talking about... Ter- like terrible in the sense that it's like this is this is uh this is like bush league type stuff. This is amateurish. You mean like as far as the filmmaking? Yeah, there's I mean there's uh, a sequence where the Hanks is on the train and some kids try and scamper over the Berlin Wall and they're shot down and he's just appalled. He's like, oh my god, what is happening? <laughs> and then when he's at, when he finally gets back home, and people come to love him again because they're reading the newspaper and they keep looking up and they're like, oh, it's the guy that's in the newspaper. He did good things. And they see Tom Hanks, and Tom Hanks looks out the window, and there's some kids scampering across, and they Spielberg swells up the music. The music's fucking terrible in this movie. Swells it up like, oh my god, are they gonna get shot? And of course they don't get shot. They're in America, but you know they try and play it up like, oh my god. It's like these mirrored images. Look how different we are. Maybe it's just like, come on. There's no need for this. We get it. Different countries. Yeah, that sounds pretty lame. Yeah, it's, there's, a, there's a number of things that are extremely lame in this movie. But mm. it's, you know, it's all right. It's cheesy as all hell. But it's engaging enough for, for the time being while you're watching it. Hmm. Okay. That's Bridge of Spies. Is that on, like, Netflix now or something? It's on, it's on a DVD. Which you can get through the mail. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Uh, the only the only other one I'll mention this week is a film called "Thank You for Playing." This is a documentary. It's it's actually not out yet. It comes out uh, March 29th, I believe. And it's a so it's a documentary about <clears throat> a a game designer by the name of uh, Ryan Green, who he's he's a video game designer, and he his son is he has cancer and he 
as a way to sort of cope with it and sort of, um, you know, deal with it. Mm-hmm. And he decides to make a game about it. And the game's called That Dragon Cancer. Uh, the game's out now, by the way. It came out a few weeks ago. And this documentary just kind of chronicles the the process of making the game and how people feel about the game and then also the the journey that you know that this family is taking while their son is um you know being being afflicted with he he has tumors in his brain yeah and i had a feeling i didn't play the game i watched one video online on youtube like a let's play of the game just you know to see what it was like yeah uh, and I knew just from watching that Let's Play that I, I didn't want to put myself through that. Um, although I, I absolutely support and appre- I almost bought it just just to buy it with no intention on playing it. Yeah. And I may still do that um, just to support the idea of, of the fact that, and this is something that is explored in the documentary, that you know video games aren't just mindless sources of entertainment. I mean, they... They have the ability to be a true art form. They have the ability to convey a message, and they ha- they have the ability to evoke true emotion in someone. Yeah, and I think that that uh, for for a lot of people that you know aren't gamers or former gamers or don't understand video games, I think that that's something that uh, people need to understand. That you know, video games are more than just uh, you know murder murder simulators. And um, so, so this was kind of a bittersweet film for me. I mean, in one aspect, it completely wrecked me. Like it, this movie, uh, it will wreck you emotionally. Mm. Like there is, there's just no doubt about it. You will, you will be sobbing during this movie because it is, it is really, really difficult. Um, because the the kid is, he's he's such a sweet kid, and he's you know, five years old and he's like struggling through this. But also um, one of the things that really got me is there's a scene where they go to PAX Prime, which is a big video game um, convention. There's several of them that are held around the country throughout the year. And they show the game off at PAX Prime and they kind of have a hidden, sort of a hidden camera that is uh, focused on people playing the game. Mm -hmm. And it was just... Uh, just a really powerful moment where like um, Brian Green is watching people play the game and we're watching him watching the people and we're also watching the people playing the game and it was just like the you you could see like the tears like welling up as the people would be playing the game Mm -hmm. and it was just such an emotional moment in the in the film and uh, like uh, I I really uh, appreciated that they put that in there and then his response like at one point he just breaks down like he just he just like can't even handle it so he has to like excuse himself and he just like breaks down over you know what's happening and it's uh yeah it's uh definitely a a really powerful uh film that will just completely destroy you emotionally but it is it's worth seeing um the way that, like, the film itself is pretty standard documentary. Yeah. Uh, uh, they pretty much just just shoot. Like, there's not a whole lot of... Well, there's, like, 
there's no injection of the filmmakers whatsoever. There's no voiceover. There's nothing like that. There's a there's a little bits of informative text that come up every now and then, but only when it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. So it's for the most part just just like cinema verite style footage, and it's uh it's very well put together. So I do recommend checking this out. Uh, called Thank You for Playing, and it will be out uh, the end of this month. <clears throat> All right. That's... And the game is out now. It's called That Dragon Cancer. Which I've heard of. I just saw yeah, something about uh... that recently. I forget what it was. Yeah, it, it got some buzz. It was it was getting some some buzz just for what it was. So. All right. Well, that's all I got. Okay. Let's go ahead and talk about some predictions. Last week, London has fallen. You said four. I said 23, actual 25. We do have a review for that up on the site. Blake gave that a three out of 10. He did not like that one. Knight of Cups, you said 68. I said 59, actual 47. Uh, I'm kind of glad that people are not loving this one and not buying into the the BS. (laughs) Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, you said 54, I said 62, actual 60. Okay. And finally, Zootopia, you said 78, I said 81, actual 98. Damn. Yeah, Zootopia. Damn. I'll check it out. I'll check it out at some point. Next week, we have 10 Cloverfield Lane. Oh. What are you thinking about this one? I'm thinking like a 70. Are you interested? Hmm. Not really. I mean, in a sense, yes, because I caught just enough of it that the the neurotic portion of me is like, well, I have to know what happens. <laughs> yeah. I have to. But I'm not necessarily interested. I just want someone to tell me what happens. I could probably do that. I'll be well. I'll, I'll go see it. All right. uh, I'm going to say 76 on this one. I think uh, I, I like the idea of, like, I like the marketing behind this. Because first of all, there was no... There's nothing. There were no no news, no nothing about this movie until the first teaser trailer dropped. And even with subsequent trailers, they don't show you really anything. So it's still kind of a mystery as to what this movie's all about. Yeah. So I'm interested in that. And I also am interested in seeing uh, Dan Trachtenberg's first m- movie because I was a big fan of the Totally Rad show when that was on. Uh, the Brothers Grimsby. This is the new Sasha Baron Cohen. Ooh. This looks terrible to me. It just I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say forty uh well, that's that's probably even too high. I'll say forty two. Uh I'm gonna say thirty eight. It just uh I saw one trailer and I was like, nah, absolutely not. It looks stupid. Uh in limited release next week, I think these are limited release. We have the young Messiah. I think that's about the uh Young JC. <laughs> the old young JC. Back in his wild and crazy teen years. Oh. He drank. He turned so much water into wine during that time. That's such... He's always getting in trouble. Such a weird power to have. <laughs> uh, the Perfect Match. It's a rom-com. We have Eye in... Yeah. We have Eye in the Sky. It's a... I think it's about drones with uh, Aaron Paul and Her- Helen Mirren. Okay. My name is Doris. That's another rom-com with Sally Field. Okay. Looks 
uh, that does not appeal to me whatsoever. I saw a couple trailers for that when it was like, nope. Uh, Remember, this is the new Adam Egoyan. Okay. Uh-huh. With Christopher Plummer, okay. Martin Landau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about him hunting a uh, Nazi. Oh, shit. Yeah. Sounds serious. Hyena Road. This is a uh, military action film. Militarized hyenas? Looks pretty bad. Now, if it was mechanized hyenas. Militarized mechanized hyenas. That would be... Oh, boy. <laughs> I'd watch it. I'd watch that. A Certain Woman with Laura Dern and Michelle Williams. Okay. Not, not really familiar with that one. The Legend of Barney Thompson with Robert Carlyle and Emma Thompson. Sure. Uh, Creative Control. This is the black and white sci-fi Finally, film. something that actually sounds relatively interesting. It's decent. It's not great. Okay. I like that it takes place five minutes in the future. <laughs> There's just something about that that I, I like. Like, it's 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 a sci-fi movie, but it's, like, barely. It's, like, barely a sci-fi movie. Okay. It's interesting. City of Gold. Uh, not familiar with that at all. It's a uh, documentary, I guess. I'm not sure it's about. Marguerite. I feel like that already came out. Me, him, and her. Me, him, her, which is uh, Max Landis. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's his directorial debut. Oh, fuck. Rise of the Legend. It uh, looks like a martial arts film. Lolo. Lolo? Looks like a rom com, I'm guessing. Julie Delpy. God, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, Admiral. The Automatic Hate. Boom Bust Boom, which I don't know what that is. Terry Jones presents. Okay. With John Cusack. No idea. Uh, Backgammon. Saw a trailer for that. Looks uh, like it could be interesting. And it's pretty much it. Yeah. All right. Well, a lot of stuff. Holy crap. Yeah. Jeez. VOD next week. We got You're Killing Me and Excess Flesh. Those both come out on Tuesday. And then Friday we have Hyena Road. Okay. On Blu-ray next week. Cool. See, we see we got on the old Blu-ray from. We got Howard the Duck getting a Blu-ray release. Sure, why not? I've been meaning to go back and watch that again. Just cause it's been years. Xanadu getting a Blu-ray release. Oh my goodness! Classic Xanadu. Got the Peanuts movie. We got Macbeth. Yeah. Got right. Species Two. I didn't know there was a Species Two. Heck yeah, man. And then there's also uh, a Blu-ray double pack of Species 3 and Species The Awakening. Holy shit. Uh, Victor Frankenstein comes out. That looks like garbage. What bonus pack do you get with that? Nothing. (laughs) Sounds about right. In the Heart of the Sea comes out. Victoria comes out. All right. Uh, I liked Victoria. You did not. I didn't, no. The Forbidden Room, the Guy Madden one. Learn how to take a bath. (laughs) <laughs> yeah step by step instructions on that uh the tribe comes out okay man I, there's a uh, lot of stuff coming out jesus i know i uh actually have the tribe blu-ray in my hands right now and you know how maybe you don't but draft house films does reversible covers mm-hmm. on all their blu-rays and the reverse cover for the tribe is freaking awesome i love it i'll send you a picture because it's really i cool. don't want a picture of it I haven't checked this out yet on on Blu-ray. I haven't looked at the... uh, It it does have a number of um, interesting 
special features that I'm going to check out. So we'll have a Blu-ray review of that up this week, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it as far as new releases. What's on the Criterion front? We have one Criterion, and that is uh, Jacques Rivette finally coming to America. His film's coming out on Criterion. First one, getting his uh, directorial debut from 1961. So you finally check that out. Which I think this has been on uh, Hulu Plus for a little for a little bit. The film's called Paris Belongs to Us. Correct. Yes, that, I guess that helps. <laughs> uh, did you get that by the way? No, I didn't get it what? yet. That's why I, I asked sent- you if you sent it. I'm like, it usually doesn't take more than a week. Oh yeah, you asked me yesterday and today's Sunday. Well, it should it should be there tomorrow. I'd say at the latest. I sent it last week. I sent it on like Monday. I know. That's what I mean. Yeah, Weekend, weird. Weekends when I have time to do this. I don't have yeah, time no. during the week. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, I think that that is going to wrap it up for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can send us your questions and topics to podcastfilmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page patreon.com slash filmpulse consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber we thank you very much for doing that for kevin rickstraw my name's adam patterson we'll see you next week